Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. All right. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Mike. And this is Gary. Uh, This evening, uh, we're talking about uh, self-worth. So there's a uh, C.S. Lewis quote that I saw over the weekend, which really prompted a lot of this for me. Um, And the, the quote was, a silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find the strength of the German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by laying down. We never find out the strength of the evil impulses inside us until we try to fight it. And I, I realized, you know, through a lot of my life, I've had this shame and guilt. Like, man, why can't I just get rid of this addiction? Why am I constantly being tempted by it and giving, you know, and losing that battle? Um, and why is it now that I've, I found recovery and, you know, I just, I must have been this crappy person back then. But, you know, with, you know, with my work and stuff like that, and then this quote, it really hit home because, like, no, I never, I wasn't a bad person throughout that. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, that we've seen come through uh, the, the SAGE program where they feel that way. That's their core belief is they're a bad person sure. because of this. Sure. Um, but really, the, the truth is we're not. I mean, this is something we, you know, you've mentioned some, quite often. We came into this innocently. Um, right. But... What you know, and we're we're still fighting it. We're still resisting it, even to you know to the point we get into to Sage or Twelve Step or some other program, and we're still good people. Hmm. You know, we're still good individuals that are just fighting a really difficult battle. Um, you know, it's our it's it, it's our dragon. You know, we're Saint George, and that's our dragon that we're we're trying to fight. Doesn't mean we're any less valiant, any less worthy. Um, because we keep getting up and we keep fighting. So yeah, so I, I saw that this weekend. I'm like, oh man, that that really I, is helpful. I love that quote. I've heard it before. I absolutely love that quote. Yeah. So I, I and and this is even something I've ran into with my sponsees and other individuals when talking about this, where there's just this overwhelming sense that. Because I'm constantly tempted, I'm ju- I just must not be that great of a person. I must not be, you know, you know, worthy of God or worthy of the universe or whatever their belief system is. They just feel like they're not great, and I want to challenge that. That this, you know, we're still good people, and it's silly that we have this you- idea that if we're never tempted, you know, that means we're we're great people. Do you know what the Do you know what the rest of that quote says? Mm-mm. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> While you're finding it. No, 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 I got it right here. You ready? Oh, there it is. <clears throat> okay, it says, okay, and I'll, I'll end with the line that, you, I'll start with the line that you okay. ended. We never find out the strength of the evil pulse inside us until we try to fight it. Mm-hmm. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is the only man who knows to the full what temptation means, the only complete realist. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> the only complete realist. <laughs> wow. So, so, but but I absolutely like 
I absolutely like what what you've shared. And, you know, no, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And, and, you know, that's an encouraging thought. Yeah. Particularly if if you're at the beginning, well, anytime really, but if you're in the beginning of your recovery and you're just struggling so hard, Mm -hmm. you need to recognize that you're walking against that wind. You're, You're testing your strength. And it's going to be hard. In fact, it's supposed to be hard, yeah. you know? Otherwise, I mean, it's it's really a good sign of progress, right? Yeah. I, uh, I have a thought. Yeah. Um, has our common counselor shared with you what the idea or concept behind Kintsuki is? Kintsuki. Oh, yeah, no. I, I've actually done Kintsuki and stuff like that, yeah. So conceptually, a uh, Japanese word... And the theory behind this is a form of art. It's yeah. this idea and notion mm. that if I break something valuable to me, um, and I think in our Western culture, we tend to mourn the loss of that. The theory behind the Japanese Kintsuki ideas mm. is this, if I put it together with something valuable, this thing that I broke becomes more valuable, not yeah. less valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think there's something to that. There really is something mm-hmm. to that. There's a... There's an understanding that goes on there that simply says, and I think we can, I think the way we were introduced to this idea is obviously through our, through this common counselor who's, who's pointing out the fact that we, we feel like we're broken as a result of this addiction that we're facing or these struggles that we're having. And that in reality, it's when we put our lives back together, kind of like this metaphorical, yeah. you know, really important piece of, of, of pottery or whatever mm-hmm. that we put it back together and if we add value to that if we learn the lessons of what these mm-hmm. difficult challenges were to provide we actually become more valuable yeah and I, and I think as you work with your sponsees and as we sort of understand you know the idea of where it is that we come up with i'm something less than as a result of these problems that i struggle with that when we can overcome those particular ideals and realize that it's in those it's in those moments of struggle that we're being refined. Yes. And we're being improved. That that clearly what we were, you know, however many years ago, couldn't stand. And so we had to go through some challenges to, to, to literally transform us mm. to, into something else. That's the work of God. That's, yeah. not, that's not anything bad or anything wrong. And I think sometimes we misunderstand, misunderstand and misinterpret these challenges in our lives as though, I must be something less as a result of the fact that I can't make these changes. Mm-hmm. And yet the Japanese have captured this idea wholeheartedly in this concept of I can make it better mm-hmm. well, after, after, the, the, after the damage. The thing I really like about Kintsuki, since you brought that up, is the, the, the vase or the, you know, whatever it was that was broken. Yes. You know, in their belief system and mind, that you know that that's a valuable item it's been passed down from generation to generation or something so there is immense value in that that if it's broken it's you know it's like it's devastating that it's been broken right but then they go repair it and mm-hmm. they repair it with gold to make it like you said Even more probably. valuable yeah but initially you know the value is there before and it's still there even though it's broken that's right i think i think the idea is is that it's valued more because now there's a history yeah. and i also like I, and this is this is the piece about it that I like because I'm familiar with it too. In fact, I have a, a whole tea set that's interesting. That, yeah. That, and and do you know what? I've never really desired to have a tattoo, but if I thought that I would get one, <laughs> this is this is kind of funny. After the accident, you know, and all the surgeries and stuff sure. that I've had, I thought if I were ever to get tattoos, I would have my scars done in gold. 
because <laughs> I like the idea so much. Right. But I but what I find is interesting is when the pottery or whatever it is is broken, cake mm-hmm. that they they hand it off to a master. Yes. Okay. Not anybody does this or not anybody. Yeah. They hand it off to a master, and then the master takes this piece through a process. Yeah. Where it is put back together. All right, and it is lacquered and it's fired, and there is a lot of care and there is a lot of work, and then it is it is enameled and it's got gold in it and it is and then it is handed back. Mm-hmm. You know. Whole whole. And, it, 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 yeah. and and now the piece has history and it has value because it was touched by this master's hand and it went through the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you need to you need to under I think you need to understand that underlying principle behind it because you're not going to do yourself any good to go get yourself broken. Right. You know, Correct. that's right. that's not what adds value. Right. Yeah. The value is in overcoming and going through the process yeah. that puts you back together. Okay. Accepting the reality that as we go through life, to one degree or another, we're all going to be broken. Mm-hmm. The value then comes in, in in the process of overcoming that, whatever that might be. Recovery is that process by which we overcome you know, the damage that we've yeah. done to ourselves. And that master that does that is our higher power. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What's really interesting about this whole entire thing though is is that, that I think culturally we would look at dropping the mug or the vase or whatever it is as being catastrophic. Oh, oh yeah. no, I've oh, for sure. That. Yeah. I've ruined that. I've and there's nothing that can be done with that. And yet culturally there's another people group group of people out there saying, No, 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 this is this thing has so much value to me that I'm willing to expo- I'm willing to put it through that process. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm willing to collect the pieces I'm, and that's put right. it back and together. Put it back together. Yeah. That and, in and, and pay what I need and pay what I need to to make yes. that that, yeah. that work. Where, yeah, I think our culture is you know definitely like oh, that you it's know gone. we mourn the loss. It's gone. We brush it yeah. into a garbage can and away. And it to goes. some extent, that 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 ties very much into your very you know the principles that you talked about in your introduction. And that yeah. is is that I work with these people who feel as though I'm plagued with this problem. Mm-hmm. I'll never overcome it. Yep. I'll never be able to be, I'll never be anything in the sight yeah. of my higher power, whatever it is. My spouse, my children, exactly. whatever. Because I'm plagued with this problem. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's an interesting perspective when we start thinking of it in terms of recovery. Yeah. What that word actually means and what how it can actually, how it can actually change our perspective and what this all translates to. So I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a, perfect fit to what it is you're talking about yeah and so i mean the the value of self-worth i mean i know i struggled with it early on um and it took a lot of um pushing so to say to get me to to open up and to finally click into seeing you know the lies i was telling myself that i didn't have value that my worth wasn't that great Um, and once i started believing that wow i do have self-worth i do have value these trials and tribulations I've gone through because of this addiction have actually brought me to the point where I've been. And, you know, despite all that, I still stood up. I still put, you know, leaned into the wind and still managed to move forward. You know, a lot of times it was maybe only one or two steps, but I still was slowly moving forward until I got to the right point where I got the help I needed, you know, and then I was able to lean in even harder because I had more tools, whether that was an umbrella or a shield or whatever. Um, and that value increased because I could I continued to see wow I can do this mm-hmm. and you know and I think early on people struggle with that you know they don't have that but once they can get a hold of their value and worth then that leaning forward and walking into the wind is so much easier. No, I think 
I think you're absolutely correct. But I also want to take a minute to draw the distinction between um, the Kintsuki. No, no, no. Oh, the, okay. the, uh, don't, don't become a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know how to. Okay. So here's my thought. Sure. Okay. When I, when I first went to work at the, at the jewelry store with my grandfather, um, one of the, one of the services that the store offered is that we would buy, we would buy jewelry off the street. We would buy gold or whatever okay. it was. And a question that he was asked all the time was how much is this worth? Okay. And he would look at the person and he would say, it's worth what you can get for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now it's worth what you can get for it. So now, now bear with me for a minute. Sure. Okay. You need to act like you're somebody who's responsible for yourself. Yes. You're worth your own best effort. The more of your best effort that you give, that's something that you're paying. Yes. That's something that you're sacrificing. Right. Okay. You then begin to value yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, not an empty kind of a vain, I'm so beautiful or whatever kind of an idea. It's like, no, I'm worth the time and the effort to put into this and I'm valuing that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going through that process. If you want to take it on a, on a, on a, uh, you know, and then you need to start recognizing the effort that is being put into you by the people around you, your mm-hmm. sponsors, Promoters. your mentors, your yeah. family, your friends, all of these kind of things. And, and you need to, you need to approach that with humility and gratitude. Okay. And then, and then, and you know, as you're going through this process and then you need to, you need to acknowledge your higher power. You need to acknowledge the hand of God and realize realize that if you really are worth what somebody's willing to pay for mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, Christianity teaches that, uh, that that's an infinite and eternal sacrifice was made on your behalf. Right. Okay. That that's the, the level of work that God was willing to put in your higher power. However you want to, however you want to frame that in your, in your world, mm-hmm. you need to understand that however you conceptualize it, something bigger uh, higher and, and outside of yourself mm-hmm. can restore you to sanity. Right. Okay. And that is, that is, um, however you want to spin it, that's an eternal effort. That is, that is the universe coming to your aid, that it, whatever it is, that is something big and powerful. Clearly bigger than you. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. That is also putting forth the effort. So remember something is worth what you can get for it and you're worth your own best effort. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Start paying up, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely what happened with me. I started believing mm-hmm. in myself. I started believing I had worth. And as the more I believed in that, the more effort I could see things changing in the positive. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, small value that I saw kept growing and growing. But see, and the, I think, I think that's the critical piece yeah. is, is that it's not a change per se in the value of how God himself or the rest of Correct. the world perceives you. It's how you see yourself. Yeah. And I think that's really critical because sometimes we start talking as though, as though, look, I'm doing this right and I'm doing this right, which means I'm more valuable than the guy who's not. Yeah. And I, that's not that's not the point of recovery in any way, shape, no. or form. It's it's the sense of uh, I'm becoming who I was meant to be. Yeah. And I think that's the mm-hmm. important key right there. I'm now living the life that I was supposed to have before recovery hij- or before uh, my addiction, addiction hijacked. Re- yeah. And so recovery literally is just getting that life back. That's yeah. what that means. And with that comes this renewed sense of con- connectivity with a higher power and with people who are important in our lives. Yeah. So I, that adds value. I thought of a better way to say it. 
Thank you. No, no, no. What I said earlier. Yes. You you were brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to touch that. That was awesome. <laughs> no, I thought of a better way of what I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. If, if the esteem or the self-worth that you're feeling doesn't come hand in hand with humility and gratitude, mm-hmm. then it's narcissism. And that's... Yeah. You're, you're, that's something bad. Yeah. That's no bueno. Yeah. That's no bueno. <laughs> but... And that's the only Spanish word I know. So that's yeah. the... <laughs> But if you're putting forth this effort and it's accompanied with gratitude yeah. and it's accompanied with humility, mm-hmm. then it will become, it will literally, I've, your, your soul will know its worth. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, honestly, I, I know I would not be anywhere in my recovery on my own. I mean, Whoa. it took several people to help me along the line. You two. You know, our, our counselor and several others to get me yeah. to where I'm at. You know, and I total gratitude all across the board for that because, you know, I tried doing it by myself prior to that and I was failing left and right. Yeah. So this is definitely not uh, a path that you can do on your own. I, I, I take a very logical approach to some of this as well. One of the things that really kind of came out of this for me was this idea and notion that, uh, uh, that somehow, some way I was surprising my higher power, and in my world, I'm going to call it God, simply because that's an easy way of describing and identifying. But it was it was as though that my actions were somehow a surprise to him, like, oh, that Mike, he sure screw up, and I sure didn't see that one coming, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, when he left here, everything was good, and now look at him, you know? <laughs> that sort of stuff, and we have in our mind that, that somehow, some way, our actions are are surprising him, and then and then we like to ascribe humanality to it all as though he experiences anger and frustration and all those sorts of things like, oh, mm. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe Daniel completely off the face of the earth because I'm mad at him right now. And how many of us have experienced that? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, I do all the time. That's, yeah. that's, and I, <laughs> <laughs> Man. And thankfully, that's not true. Yeah. Thankfully, that's not true. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that those, those things that we ascribe, those human frailties, you know, when we, we say, well, you know, the only way you can really understand your Father in Heaven is if you understand your earthly father. Well, no, my earthly father kicked my ass a time or two and I did things oh, wrong, yeah. right? Yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was pissed at whatever, and I just don't believe that God handles things in that fashion. And so when we start peeling apart the emotion of it all and the reality of it all, we can get back to this relationship in a meaningful way and mm-hmm. we can find our self-worth again. Because running around telling ourselves that we're bad is not helpful. That's not helpful at no, all. No, I mean, I think uh, trying to equate God um, to my earthly father actually made it worse right because you know in in my eyes i could never do anything right with him and so when it came to this addiction it's like man i i can't let go of this i can't get rid of so of course you know in my head my self-worth total you know that was maybe this you know way high kept slowly crumbling down and down and down because you just kept beating yourself up. yeah because that's what my earthly father would have would have done right you know if i'd you know I didn't sweep the the floor right. Oh, look at you. Can't do that right. Um, Another choice words. (laughs) Where, you know, so, so yeah. I mean, relating my experience to God, it would be like, all right, yeah, you know, he's just disappointed. Yet again, I've screwed up. But, you know. And it's that relationship that we we ascribe so much of our identity and so much of our our self-worth to Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I think that's why a lot of people, particularly those in the ad- addictive world, walk away from that relationship mm. because it's too much yeah. to deal with. I, I like to imagine it a little bit differently. 
um, or or a way that I like to, to to come at it is is I think we need to keep in mind that the process of overcoming is ennobling, right? Okay, and 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 it's a lifelong pursuit. It's yeah. a lifelong pursuit. But I think I think about I like to think that it's more like a father teaching their a loving father teaching their child how to walk. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. So long as the child wants to put forth the effort, it doesn't matter how many times the child falls. And then every little, every little um, particle of progress uh, is thrilling. Yes. You know, to the parent. You know, if, if I'm sure each one of you has had this experience, you're teaching your child how to walk, they, they fall, they fall, they crawl, you know, and then they take that first step. And it's not a good step. No. You know, (laughs) But you're thrilled, yeah, and you celebrate. You, you know what I mean? I think it's a little bit more like, like that. Yeah, I mean that's ex- that's exactly the shift that I had in, in me mm-hmm. to to see that, you know, every action is a loving one, mm. you know, and that really helped. You know, even when I've messed up, you know, he's still there. Like, all right, you know, at least in my mind, he's still there. He's helping maneuver things in my life so that I can still progress forward. Mm-hmm. Even you know some of the crummy things that have happened over the last couple of years, things have still been maneuvered and positioned. Why well, I've navigated that for me to be where I'm at now, and right now is better than it's ever been. And so, despite those challenges, he's still there. He's still, you know, watching out. You know, m- moving what other obstacles are in my way as I'm stumbling forward on my first steps or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and because so, my worth is there. You know, despite what I may believe or may not believe in this moment, that worth is still there. I think oftentimes we look as though this addiction really is this barricade that's preventing us from receiving this this perceived group of blessings yeah. that we see in our life. When in reality, this addiction may actually be the vehicle whereby we can actually recognize those blessings and receive those. Well, I, th- I think turning your, your will and your life over to God actually actually enables that process. Exactly. I mean, that's what turns it from something that is super self-destructive that can't be overcome into something that is the catalyst for the change that will turn you into the person you need to become. Right, right. I think that's right. So I think so that's it, the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, with God, with God, nothing is wasted. And if you if you if you turn your will over to Him, all things will work together for your good. Right. Right. Absolute truth. Yeah. Which adds to the start of this discussion, which is a, which is an idea of self worth. Yeah. Which validates one's self worth. Yeah, and and I think the biggest important thing is to you know remind yourself. Even though you're being tempted, you know, even though, you know, you may have a rough day where uh, you came close or whatever, you know, it's it's having that and stepping away from the edge. Don't beat yourself up for it because that's a, that's a victory. You know, you didn't walk over the line. You didn't step over the edge. You know, you may have been tempted to, but you step back mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you're... Your self-worth is increasing, your strength in your recovery is increasing, and you're able to recognize, hey, I'm way too close, I need to back off. Or, And even or, if you do, yeah. and even if you do, nothing's lost. Yeah, nothing's lost. It's not as though this is a winner-take-all kind of a thing. It's the lessons that are learned mm-hmm. that are refining you. So even if you do step across the line and say, oh, no, I've relapsed, I've done something like that, it's not a matter of, 
oh, now here comes the punishment again. Yeah. Everything that was held back is now going to hit me tenfold, you know. It's a matter of, no, there's something to be learned in that relapse. My last relapse was three and a half years mm -hmm. ago, and it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a result of, because it put me in a position that I could move forward a more meaningful way. So I don't look at a, at a relapse as being, you know, I've lost some measure of self-worth. Yeah. It's a matter of what have I learned from this relapse so that I can so that I can literally take this and move forward now in a greater, grander step. Sure. Yeah. Now, having said that, you don't have a you don't have permission to go You don't have permission to relapse. You don't you don't get to go as close to the edge as you think you can <laughs> yeah. and think that that's some kind of a noble pursuit. No, that's yeah. not how it works. But stumbling is part of the process. It is. Yeah. And when it happens, you don't have permission to do it, but when it happens, that's part of the process. That's right. Yeah. And if you do, if you handle it well, it will actually, it will, it will be one of those things that work together for your good. Mm -hmm. You know, you said, you said it be, you know, it became one of these pivotal, one of these hinge moments in your life. Right. But you wouldn't want to do it again. No, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. No, but, but, no. But you wouldn't give up what you learned from it for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. There well, you go. Well, I mean, it's—so uh, I've been watching uh, the TV series Forged in Fire, where, you know, they build these knives and weapons, and uh, you see these guys just pounding away at the metal, and they're heat-forging and everything, and, you, you know, you get to see them. They thrust it into the, the quench, and, you know, they bring it out, and they go to test it, and the blade snaps. And the guy's like, what the heck? Like, I did this perfectly— you know, you see that in their eyes for a second, but then immediately, what do they do? They go start over. They like, I, I made a mistake, and they start evaluating what they did, and they they start all over and move forward because they learn something, and they identify the mistake they made, and and the next blade is stronger than that first blade they made, which is exciting to see. But at the same time, uh, it kind of it mimics this, you know, especially when we we run into um, where we we relapse. We would learn something. Nothing was lost. And how do we avoid that next time? Because right. we can make a stronger blade or a stronger version of ourselves. And, you know, sometimes sometimes going through uh, an experience like that is the only way that you can learn the lesson. Right? Yeah. You know. That is a true story. That is a true story. Again, you or at least the most efficient and powerful way to learn a lesson. Yeah. Right. Do you know what? I, I'm reminded of a story. I'm reminded of a story. I... I, I absolutely love it. Okay, so this is how the story goes: a father and his boy, they drove out. They drove out into the into the desert, into this canyon land to enjoy enjoy the day, and they had a picnic and all of this kind of stuff. Absolutely loved it. And then they came back, and as they were coming back, they realized they fork re in the road. Fork in the road. There was a fork in the road, and they realized we're we're not sure which fork to take. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not sure which fork to take, and so they decided that they would make it a matter of prayer. So they prayed about it, and they both felt the inspiration that they needed to take, we'll say, the right fork. Okay. So they go down the right fork, and they, they go down for a few minutes, a few hundred yards, and it comes to a dead end. And they kind of looked at each other because they both felt really, really Strong confident that, that this way, was yeah. the way that they needed to go. Right. So they turned around, and they went back, and, and they were talking. They said, why, why did we feel so good about going this direction, you know? And, and you know, the... And the, the, so the father thought about it for a minute. He says, he, he said, I think in this instance, I said, you know, our father in heaven wanted us to be able to pursue the path with assurance. And the quickest way to do that was to demonstrate that the short, <laughs> the, the other way was the wrong, wrong way to way. go. Yeah. Because now we absolutely know that this one's the right way to go. 
And yeah. it slowed us down, yes. It yeah. caused us a little bit of trouble, yes. But the lesson learned was, was the so lesson, valuable, worth what worth doing. Because they didn't have to worry about it for the rest of the, because they knew they yeah. were headed the right way. Yeah. So I think sometimes, sometimes we have to, again, you don't have permission to, but sometimes you have to go down the wrong road to yeah. learn the lesson. Right. Yeah. Have to take and that. actually, it would be very, very good if when you're going through something difficult, you stop and you say, what's the lesson I'm supposed well, to learn? Yeah. Here? What am I supposed to take from this? <laughs> what's the gift? Yep. What am I supposed to learn? Right. How do I make this into something meaningful yep. that's going to make the other path Better. a much more assured direction yeah. to go? Yeah. yeah I, I think that's perfect. I think that's All right. Perfect. Well, we're out of town. Or time. Not out of time. Town. Out of time. <laughs> Almost out of town. <laughs> for the for the holidays. No, um yeah, so just I, I just because of what's been going on in my world as well as with others, uh just realize that you have value. You've always had value. Uh just start believing in it. Um and start making those steps forward. So with that said, this is Daniel. Find humility in your recovery. And this is Mike saying, do the next, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. Uh, this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is one, two, T-H, step podcast at gmail.com as a fellowship of recovering addicts sex addicts anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction check out saa-recovery.org